Let's see what the stew has for us today. Welcome to the Gnomecast, Gnome Stew's tabletop gaming advice podcast. Here we talk with the other gnomes about gaming things to avoid becoming part of the stew, so I guess we'd better be good. This episode is brought to you by our awesome Patreon backers like the jubilant Jim Anderson, the profound Panic Productions, and the saucy Sam Groton. Today we have myself, Ange, along with Jared and Senda, and today we're going to do our best to stay on topic, to talk about how to, well, help your group stay on topic. Before we dive into the main topic, though, let's ask our Get to Know a Gnome question. What nerdy topic do you find to be the one that is most likely to get you off topic as you talk passionately about that particular subject? Jared, I'm going to start with you. Oh, sure. So I'm going to bring us down for a second and say, at one point in time, it would have been Star Wars, but I no longer like to talk about Star Wars with anyone anymore. That's <laughs> fair. <laughs> fair. That is totally fair. Generally, comic books, but very specifically, the more offbeat, weird DC comics that come up, the more likely I am to not be able to hold back and uh, <laughs> and just uh, lay into it. I'm super glad I got to have an entire podcast of me technically being on topic with uh, Rich Howard when I went on that yes. whelmed because <laughs> oh, yeah, that yeah. helped me get a lot of that out. But yeah, usually... The, the only problem I had when I was on whelmed was that I'm a Marvel kid, so he kept having to steer me back to DC. What about you, Senda? Um, this is a really hard question for me because it is very easy to get me to go off topic. <laughs> Exceedingly easy. I think as anyone who has listened to this podcast or any other podcast that I do will know. I think right now, if I were to dig in on the last thing that just really pulled me off to the side, then this is going to sound extremely specific, but you'd be surprised at how often it comes up. 90s, 90s relationships in TV series, especially sci-fi. <laughs> And here's why, because I'm so mad at all of them. <laughs> I'm so mad at them, okay? And 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 it's it's really the one that I always land on, and here we go, right? Is Ben Sisko and Cassidy. And I'm just so mad at them. <laughs> they are both communicative people. They have this really healthy relationship, and then they get married. <laughs> and Cisco decides that the person to get marriage advice from is a Klingon who thinks that marriage is a battlefield. And I'm like, my dude, you have had a healthy marriage before. Why this? Why now? You know you don't want to be General Martok. You know you don't. That's not the relationship you want to have. So you can't follow his advice on how to have a relationship. You have to communicate. Anyway, so you can see. It's better than getting relationship advice from Gowron. <laughs> not 100% sure, frankly. If it actually is. <laughs> All right, Ange, what gets you off topic? <laughs> so for me, <laughs> I'd say the topic that has had the lo most long-standing ability to get me to go off topic and just talk about that is the X-Men. Specifically, the X-Men from the 1980s, and even more specifically than that, the New Mutants. There was a period in time where I could name the entire roster of the X-Men from the 70s to at some point in the early 90s <laughs> when I finally gave up collecting. And you can still, to this day, 
get me to go on a rant about how the new mutants morphed into (laughs) X-Force. I just like that topic comes up and I will just go off. I, I mean, to be fair, I'm still upset with how they killed Doug off, but, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, the, the whole Doug Locke thing uh, in in my little social group gets a lot of people riled up. Like, there, there's a whole bunch of us 50-somethings who were, like, passionately wounded by the way that entire storyline went down. You know, because, I mean, if you think about it, when the New Mutants came out, it's a bunch of young teenagers figuring out their powers and i was 13 when i found <laughs> the new mutants these were my people and to have them eviscerated like they were <laughs> when louise simonson took see 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 this is what happens yep we're <laughs> all happens. yeah this was a dangerous yeah. topic for us to choose <laughs> let's the only other thing i will say is we better also not talk about epubs versus pdfs <laughs> <laughs> like if we I, can just avoid i've been that. listening to pandas lately so <laughs> <laughs> That one usually involves pulling out a soapbox. <laughs> so I think that is the sign for us to get into our main topic of conversation. You know, it, it's like Jared threw this idea out there, I think is a joke, because I specifically reached out to him and said that and said, I haven't had you two on in a while. Let's talk about something. And he's like, what about staying on topic? And I'm like, that's actually perfect. Because we're terrible at it. <laughs> this particular confluence is not good. <laughs> but I think all of us of GMs have dealt with that moment where we're at the table and the players are just off in left field on some other topic, some other tangent, and the game is so far in the distance that you have no idea how to reel them back in and get things back on track. And I think this is a, this is a topic that is worth talking about. So, Jared, what do you do when you're the GM? And your players are just, like, you've got to reel them back in. How do you handle it? Well, first I go to the bathroom and cry a little bit. And then I uh, get my <laughs> composure back. And <laughs> actually, it's not its not usually that bad. But there is that point at which you are you start realizing, like, a few off-topic comments. And you're still kind of on a roll. And then you feel like you're hitting that rough ground because after a while, it's like, this has nothing to do with the game. This isn't one point removed from the game. This is two or three points removed from the game. And um, at that point, either you have to make, I think the the first thing is, if you still think you can salvage the feel of the game, I think you make the hard move and bring up, okay, this immediate threat is going on. What are you going to do to deal with that? Mm -hmm. And you just kind of state that clearly, and then that kind of refocuses everyone. Sometimes you're far enough gone, though, and if you can gauge this, I have just said, okay, let's go to break. Like, you know, if people want to keep talking in between when we go to break, that's cool, but we're going to take a 10-minute break, and at the end of that 10 minutes, we're going to start over again. And I think there's just, there's some points where you, yeah, I think that's almost a natural pressure valve when you realize people are that off-topic. Maybe they have too much going on in their uh, memory buffer that they need to clear some things out before they can focus on the game again. I think I think I'm going to I'm going to throw this at Senda from an old school pandas <laughs> topic, because oh, I no. think there is a di- oh, I think there's a difference between how you handle this between running a one shot yes. and running a campaign. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> 
agree with you. So, um, and and part of it is if you're running a one shot because you have that limited time frame, I like talk about a lot. The thing is very much that like sometimes those minutes are precious. And in a four hour game, if you've kind of laid it out and planned it right, maybe it's fine and you can go off and wander off and, you know, for 15 minutes and really, really didn't come back, whatever it is. And I usually do take a break in a in a four hour game. Right. So you can just Mm -hmm. slot it in wherever and use that as a reset. If I'm running a two hour game. I don't have a lot of breathing room to let that kind of thing happen. And I may not even have enough breathing room to actually make a break happen. So I'm a mom. (laughs) And GMing and parenting have some (laughs) similarities. Some overlap. In both both of them, you are trying to, in in a collaborative way, work towards a similar goal, right? And I have a belief in parenting that spreads over into gaming, which is that sometimes you just have to communicate really clearly. And so in a short game like that or a con game or whatever, if I'm in a situation where I don't have time to let things breathe, where I don't have time to let them breathe a lot, you know, because they can wander off a little bit. I really will just say, okay, guys, we got like 45 minutes left. So let's jump right back in. And that will usually bring people back in. With just an awareness of like, this is the time that Mm -hmm. we have set aside to play this game, right? (laughs) Playing this game. And we're here and like, you know, and and, and I think at conventions, it's particularly important because you can get, um, you know, three people who have played together for forever and they go off on some sort of in-joke. And there's like two other Mm -hmm. people sitting at your table like, oh, what's happening? (laughs) (laughs) They're like, got to bring everybody back in. So I think that there's table management involved especially in those convention settings where you have people who don't necessarily know each other where you're under a specific time constraint where if you can't if you can't use the break trick because i love jared's break trick <laughs> it's really good if you can't if you can't even spend that time um to do that then i think it's just about communicating really clearly so that everybody can as adults Make the decision to re-engage because that's really what we're doing is, you know, we're collaboratively doing something. So communication, as we always (laughs) like to talk about. (laughs) I think think with campaigns, especially for long-running home groups where you've known each other for many years, you have to also take into account that this is, this is, this is your friend group people are catching up, people may need to blow off steam. So I know with my home group, with my my Saturday group, I tend to factor in a little more breathing room for just those moments where everyone like goes off topic on an, on a tangent, talking about work, talking about the kids, talking about the latest MCU thing, whatever it is. We factor those in because we're all friends and we need that social time as well. And it's the, I try and keep an eye on things. And like, if we're going to hang out for four to five hours, I try and get about at least three hours of actual gaming into that period. I'm a little more tight with my other campaign groups that I play with, but that's more because those are newer relationships and not quite as, as, comfortable i guess it it, comfortable is probably the wrong term but there's there's still more of that that you know we have made the agreement to get together and play this game together whereas the the saturday group we've been gaming together for 15 years we're getting together on saturday because we get together on saturdays yeah Yeah. 
the fact that we have a game is good and we love our games, but at the same time, we have, especially over the past year, there have been times like, well, we're not up to actually playing the game, but we're still going to get together on Zoom because we all need the social. Yeah. You know, and I think that's an important thing to keep in mind in those type of situations. I completely agree with you because um, my answer would be very different than what I said about one shots. If we start talking <laughs> about my Thursday group that's been playing for the last like five years, right? Yeah. So for example, the last thing that I sort of ran really just facilitated, right? Was um, Ash Criders are traveling home. Beautiful game. Wonderful game. I'm so sorry if you missed the Kickstarter. It's going to be great. <laughs> so we played that. It is a game that if you run it as a short campaign, the anticipation is that it will run for probably two to three sessions. We played this game for six months. <laughs> we played twice a month. So that was like 12 sessions. <laughs> so like, uh, and that's fine. Like, and that gets into like, because my goal with that group is not just the game. I love playing games with them. Right. I adore it. It's kind of my favorite. I have so many stories about that. That is the group that inspires like all of my Gnome Stew articles, right? Like there's a whole <laughs> series of um, Tales from the Loop articles that are from one specific <laughs> game um, that was really amazing. And uh, and when was writing about it too? Like we were both writing about the same game and neither of us was even running it. And, and I have to just like, ins I have to go a little off topic here yeah, yeah. to talk about how <laughs> I got to play with with Quincy, yeah, right? who was the GM of that game, oh, so when I ran Tales from the Loop. And when I realized that this Quincy, who was in my Tales from the Loop game, <laughs> was, was the, the GM of <laughs> the game, I was like, oh no, I'm going to screw this up. <laughs> Well, I'm oh. interested to see what happens next to continue this off-topic, you know, trend for a minute because uh, he's back in the GM seat for us doing an adult supers game Ooh. that's still emotion-based, like masks, but with adult superheroes. So I'm sure there's going to be some more timey-wimey nonsense. It'll be great. <laughs> I don't remember what I was saying. Uh, you know, campaigns, people relax. It depends on... <laughs> what your primary purpose for gathering is. Because if your primary purpose for gathering is gaming, then it's worth it to stay on topic. And if your primary purpose for gathering is that we like spending time together is, and gaming is the thing that we do, then that results in a slightly different table culture, right? Yeah. Sorry, yep. Jared. You go. No, no. I, I was just gonna I was just gonna say what's what's funny is with my uh, Streets of Avalon oh, no. game <laughs> that we've been running on Fridays, we got to a point where like for most of it, we were really focused. We all got together. We said some stuff. Then we got going. And slowly, we have gotten more into just kind of like touching base and talking about pop culture things and blowing off steam. And we had a night where basically, after we had gone over an hour talking, I was like, we're not going to get anything done tonight. We're just going to hang out for however long everybody wants to hang out. And we'll pick up with this next session. And it wasn't even, it wasn't anything we were that disappointed. Like we, now it got frustrating when we had a few weeks when we just couldn't all get together at all. But that week it was just like, you know what? We all needed to blow off steam and mm -hmm. just talk and get together and hang out. And it was great. And sometimes with a regular group, you do end up doing that. Yeah. I did have one weird experience. Very first convention I ever went to where all of us got off topic 
role-playing, and it was completely my fault, and it was great because it was my first convention, and I did it to everyone. <laughs> um, because there was, you know, we were playing AD&D 2nd Edition. That's how old I am. Like you do. And, <laughs> and all of us were sitting around the table, and the characters were pre-generated, and they all had connections to each other. And everybody was being, like, really quiet whenever the, the DM would say something like, Okay, so these elves, you know, brought you into their capital and they need you to do this job for them and nobody's saying anything. And I'm like, you know, at home, we really get into these sorts of things. So I start looking on my sheet and it's like, this person is supposed to be my friend. So then as we're like eating at the, uh, at the feast while the, the elf king is explaining what we're, what they need us to do, I start like, making crude jokes to him not crude as in like real but like just things like i think you got some food in your beard you know <laughs> it's like, there's something just just hanging off right here is it and um i started doing that and everyone started like getting into what they were role-playing as at that table and then somebody decided like what are elven dinners supposed to be like well uh and the the dm just made this up on the fly it's like oh they're supposed to be very somber affairs that you get through first and they don't want to explain business until you're finished eating so then you know like oh dear <laughs> yeah we were intentionally because we were from the barbarian clans like we you know we were laughing and singing and telling stories and asking questions during this dinner and nobody was supposed to do that and then everyone decided they wanted to have a training montage before we went on the mission <laughs> and we ended up we like played out one one combat encounter and we got so late in from all the role-playing that we did that the GM just, like, montaged us to the end of this adventure because it was like a three-part adventure. And I was like, okay, for those of you that are playing the next one, here's what all of you do. And he asked us a few questions in between, but we didn't even roll for any of that last thing. It was just, I'm just going to narrate you to get you to the next spot and have fun with the next DM. Bye! <laughs> was it an RP RPGA thing? Um, no, it was just a three-part thing they were doing locally. Ah, I remember those days. When you'd have D&D you'd have &D tournaments. Yes. Yeah, they, they had to vote to see if you were eligible to play in the second round. Yeah. And I did get into the second round. Because people were like, I, I need the singing barbarian. Where is he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. So I have, I have, I have a confession to make. There have been times where I am a GM who really doesn't want to be in the GM seat, and I will purposefully not rein in the off-topic uh -huh. conversations. <laughs> uh -huh. Just let that chew through some time. It's fine. Mm -hmm. It's fine. Yeah. They'll come back when they're ready. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, that's, you know, that, is, that the... is another approach that I have definitely taken. Like, oh, okay, I'm just going to breathe for a second and think about what comes next. Because I'm yep. feeling really lazy tonight. Well, and sometimes they're doing your prep for you because they start brainstorming stuff and it's like, oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, but that's on topic of them, isn't it? If they're like all sort of, of yeah. <laughs> I, I, I suppose we should point out that there's like two types of off topic. There is off topic as in we're not even talking about the game. We're talking mm -hmm. about, we're talking about, you know, family and work and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and just no whatever else is like of the moment <laughs> that we're talking about. And then there's the, they're playing the game, but they are nowhere near the plot anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like those are two very different off topic that GMs need to develop the skills to deal with. 
the the bear folk warden has decided he's going to set up a carpentry shop and he is looking for customers in the village. <laughs> I mean, this has happened to me. This is <laughs> this is a thing that happens to me infrequently, and the reason is. I rarely plan anything past the first initial scene. <laughs> so, like, there isn't really a plot for them to leave. I just know what will happen if they don't do anything, right? <laughs> like, if you do nothing, this is what the bad guy does. And then, like, mm-hmm. things happen around that. And it's a very effective style for one-shots. And very <laughs> difficult to keep track of what you were doing for long-term campaigns. Yeah. yeah. Six months in, you're like, I don't remember. What did I say? <laughs> it, it's a great way to, like, figure out what the players are actually interested oh, yeah. in. And, like, like, oh, they are completely ignoring my plot-centric NPC and focusing on this random NPC that I gave a name because they asked what their name was and I had no plans for them. So... Okay, let's 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 use the hook of that NPC and figure out where it goes. You know, it it you have to be flexible as a GM. I have a, a friend who was running kind of an he was running a, a like a fantasy game that he had different players in who played at different times. So he ended up deciding, you know, based on the way people were playing, he had the A team, who were like the cheerleaders and jocks who were there to do the job and you know, be adventurers. And then he had the B team who were all adventurers because their parents told them that's what they had to do, but they would rather be a baker and a, you know, you know, a shoemaker and these types of things. And it was just like, he would talk about the B team so frustrated, so frustrated because he just like, he'd put plot in front of them and they would bypass it to go make muffins. And I'm like, well, uh, you know, I know how as a GM that can be super frustrating, but your players were telling you what they wanted to play. Yeah, you just need to involve the muffins in your plot. <laughs> and then it won't be off topic anymore. So so I think to bring this back on topic, ooh, look at that. Hey, I'm just going to say that this is how we do it professionally, right? Um, professional. So if if the. If the quote off topic is in game off topic, then you as the GM can like throw a net around that in game off topic and like stitch it into your on topic and like just take it and mush it into what you're already doing. Because you have that ability, you can change on the fly and you can just incorporate that stuff and it's the stuff they're interested in because it's the stuff they're talking about, right? If it's if it's yeah. completely out of game, if it's meta off topic, <laughs> that's harder. Then we go back to the things we talked about at the beginning, right? Like take a break, use your communication skills, <laughs> like, <laughs> attack them with a thing and see if they still care. You know. I feel sorry for any DM that has to deal with, you know, like a PC that comes up with a whole bunch of side questions to come up with their own ulterior motive when they ask an oracle about something that's supposed to resolve the main plot. <clears throat> anyway. I can't imagine anyone who's had to deal with that recently, like I Jared. <laughs> I, I might have my own alternate win condition for, for, for John's campaign. Wow. Alternate win condition? Well, it was the the best part is we've got an oracle in front of us. The oracle is willing to answer whatever questions we ask. And Jared's character, Nagrat, asked a couple of questions, asked a couple more questions. Then he's like, okay, last question. 
And he asked the question. And then all of a sudden he thought of more questions. And he's like, hey, Sapphire, ask him this question. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Now, I have I have a question for everybody. Uh Another one. Do you do you have (laughs) last question? Cool. No more after Do this you... one. <laughs> exactly. And ask her this. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have an off-topic uh, topic, basically, that is, it, it just completely derails you? Like, you can't pull it back on the tracks if somebody starts doing this in the middle of a game. Because for me, once somebody starts, like, critiquing the actual rules of the game, I can't keep running it. Uh... That's almost like, you know, now we're talking about how the production of the movie is going and turning the camera around the opposite direction. It's like, I can't keep running after that. Like, you know, don't start going on a tirade about how you don't like crafting the crafting rules in 5e in the middle of the game and, you know, keep going on about it because eventually I'm just going to be like, okay, now we're having a meta discussion about the game itself and I can't get back into the game now because now my brain is doing game analysis and not game running. I do think that's a a time and place topic, you know, because even even if it doesn't derail me, it's like there there comes a point where it's like, okay, I get it. You don't like this system, but it's what we're playing. Can we can we save that for after game to have a talk about the rules and maybe consider what we want to do to change them or adapt? But right now in the middle of the game. We just can't do that. But I, mm-hmm. I, I do get what you're saying as far as that goes. Yeah. What about you, Senda? Yeah, I was going to say actually the same thing. And I have there's one one instance that always comes to mind for me where I was I was running a game at a convention. And in the middle, like 45 minutes into that convention, one of my players, it was a whole table of people with many much experience and many people who had designed their own games. One of the people looked at me and said, this mechanic is completely broken. I think it should be written like this and then told me how it should have been written. And I was like, I didn't write this game. I'm just running this game. I know we can all design games. Like, (laughs) 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 do you want me to fix it on the fly or do you want to just keep going? Like, make a decision and let's get back to the game itself. And that was one of the more difficult ones that I dealt with. And I was also um, much younger than I am now and not as confident, (laughs) which certainly didn't help. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's not my favorite thing. To, it's not a discussion that I think necessarily has a I mean, it's I'm OK if somebody comments on it in the middle of the game. Right. Like, oh, this, yeah, whatever. But but I don't want to stop and have a 10 minute, 15 minute discussion about it in the middle of the game, unless it is something that is bad to the point that it's like ruining the game for the table or me or or, you know, or someone else. You know, if it's something that we need to do an immediate urgent repair on because it's a safety issue or it's like just really that bad or like if the person is like you know i i can't play it like this i'm i'm literally like it's fine i'll leave <laughs> or you can fix this but if it's not to that level then like we don't need to talk about it right now we can talk about it after yeah i like if you're talking convention games you chose the game to sit there if if it's a convention game, you chose to sit there. You chose that table to be at. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a little chill for the four hour session or whatever it is. You know, you've you've realized it's not the game for you. If you absolutely have to, you can bow out, but don't don't ruin the game for everyone else. I will say that for like, if it's like your home group and you're trying out a system for the first time and there's starting to be issues with 
So but let's just say that my group years ago tried to play riffs. <laughs> I had never actually played riffs. I'm very glad I never actually played riffs before because <laughs> we got like two or three sessions into that game and the last session basically devolved into us all going, this system's really stupid. <laughs> you know, so I can understand that type of thing happening if it's a group who is decided to play it, you know, try out a game mm -hmm. and they kind of get through it and realize, you know, through talking to each other that this is not gonna work that's that's a different thing that's more like a a group consensus thing but if it's just the group has decided to play 5e and you don't like 5e but you set you decided to take a seat at the table because you want to play with these people don't spend half of every session bitching about 5e and, you know? and i love having game discussions otherwise i wouldn't write reviews i mean that is me basically you know picking apart something when i'm reading it and throwing it out there and talking to other people about it, but I don't want to have, that's a different part of my brain than I'm using when I'm running the game. Mm -hmm. I want to think about that sort of stuff and have those discussions after the game. In, you know, my local circles, we had this thing when we were playing at the uh, local game store, w which was called a uh, uh, parking lot talk because we would go out <laughs> of the store after the game <laughs> and we would spend like another hour or two out in the parking lot yep. talking about things. And if you want to bring up how game systems work and whether you like this part of the game or anything, I am completely down to talk about that after I'm done running the game. But when I'm running the game, I'm trying to do all of these... uh all of these eight different things, as uh, Phil would say, and I don't need a ninth where I'm actually doing like a meta analysis of how the rules work. You yeah. know, that's basically why I don't want to have that come up in the middle of the game. And, yeah. and, and like both of you said, if somebody's just saying, I am not thrilled with these rules, but that's where they leave it, then that's it's great. Because yeah. then Talk it's just it like, yeah, later. noted. No problem. Yeah. 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 I. I Asking what throws me off kilter as a GM isn't really necessary. Like thinking about it, it's not necessarily an off-topic issue. It's when I can see in-character drama starting to affect people out of character. Oh yeah, that kills me as a GM. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know that that is like that is a that will derail all of my momentum as I realize this is starting to cause like personal issues between two players and if we keep going you know this is i i've actually had that kill a campaign before yep. where i had a player who did not realize her in-character behavior was pissing people off and then it escalated to the point where she was continuing to be obnoxious in character and not realize realizing she was coming very close to fracturing her friendship with another player because she wasn't easing back. And that was a, I am a GM and I am completely out of control of this situation and I need to stop the game because if it goes forward, it's going to have repercussions that I don't want to see. Fun. These are the less fun ways to be <laughs> off topic, I will say. We went all serious. Yeah. Uh, I know. It's important now, stuff, though. Now I'm thinking about my uh, my couple friends that broke up at the table in the middle oh, of a Marvel or game. Oh, God. <laughs> That was off topic. Yeah. I mean, that is the kind of off topic that you are. I don't even know what, as a GM, that's just like, okay, well, let's just stop playing today, at least. Yeah. We'll that, that's essentially later. what happened. When, when two of my friends, two of my gaming friends recently, 
recently, about two years ago, <laughs> broke up, I kind of went to both of them. I'm like, if you ruin my gaming group because you're breaking up, I will kill you. We're going to have words. <laughs> and thankfully, they've both been able to remain friends post-gaming, <laughs> so we can continue to game together. They're just not a couple anymore. Anyway, uh, I think we've 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 been both on topic and off topic a significant amount. Is there any last <laughs> on topic words we want to say before we get out of here? Um, I I actually don't have anything on topic, so we better just pass it along. Jared, <laughs> anything? Thanks. Um, no, like I said, I mean, I, I honestly, I think there is, um, especially in a campaign like in a regular game there is a certain art to knowing when something is unsalvageable not necessarily the campaign but just tonight is not going to happen yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah the, we just need to call it and start over next time <laughs> yep mm-hmm. and I, I think uh just just as a final note especially like for the one shots the, the convention games have chunks of your adventure you can just drop you know if you realize you're not going to hit all three combat encounters you designed that's okay just give the players what you can so this show is funded by the gnome stew patreon you can too be a patreon backer by following the patreon link on the gnome stew website to the gnome stew patreon this ad is brought to you by the focusing focusinator when you find yourself having trouble keeping your mind on topic we can help you avoid getting distracted by the dozens of things pulling at your attention like the fact that you need to complete six different jobs at work in the space of what should be allotted to two, or the members of your household that need attention and need you to decide what to fix for dinner right now, or the friend you need to remember to call, or the squirrel that's emptying your bird feeder again, or... Wait, what was I saying? <laughs> if you're enjoying the Gnomecast, you'll probably like many of the other Misdirected Mark shows. Here's one to check out. Zhang Hu Hustle! Train alongside fellow students Eric Farmer and Eli Kurtz in Zhenghu Hustle. Eric and Eli make their kung fu stronger by watching wuxia films, then discussing how to apply their observations to game design. You can find all of us at gnomestew.com, at gnomestew on Twitter, and gnomestew on Facebook. Folks, where else can they find you on the internet? Send a go! Um, well, you can find me on Twitter. It's I-D-E-L-L-A-M-I-T-H-L-Y-N-N-D. And I use the same one on TikTok now. So if you can spell it once, <laughs> you can find me everywhere. But you can also find me on Pandas Talking Games, which is a podcast. And it's at Pandas Talk Games on Twitter. You can still find the back episodes of She's a Super Geek at Sasky Podcast. And what else? Usually this is the part where I say that I also write for Gnomes too, but obviously... We're already here. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the part that's of my of pitch here. that I just realized I, I timed it all wrong. Cool. Hey, hey, Jared, where can people find you on the Internet? <laughs> all right. So um, if you'd like to read my personal blog, it is at whatdoiknowjr.com. You can hit me up on Twitter at whatdoiknowjr. And also, I've been starting to do this thing where I do a text-to-speech version of the uh, blog reviews that I've been doing and posting them up in podcast form. And those are on anchor.fm slash what space do space I space no. <laughs> so if you want to hear my reviews read to you instead of reading them yourself for whatever reason, I'm starting to put them up on there. That's very cool. And what about you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as orikes13, O-R-I-K-E-S-13. Though Twitter is a little dormant right now and Instagram is cats. Lots and lots of cats. Oh my gosh, did you back the cat dice? I did. So did I. <laughs> I backed the cat dice. Speaking of being off topic, please carry on. 
So I'm, I'm not even going to ask if we avoided the stew this week because there were so many topics. We're, we're stew proof. We were talking about being off topic. <laughs> right. It was all just part of the, 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 the plan. There's a plan? <laughs> Gnomecast is hosted by Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Before we dive into that, that's a.